Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. This is the Stuff I Heard podcast, and I'm your host, Josh Peak. And I happen to be uh, Zooming today with my brother, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hey. You look kind of fresh there outside with your gun showing. Oh, well, man, it's beautiful out here. The sun is shining. And uh, we actually had a really big rainstorm come through this morning, like 5 a.m. that woke me up. Um, but now the sun is shining. The skies are blue. So I thought, why not sit out on my balcony while I listen to the birds chirping? Yeah, I haven't been to your new house yet. I'm, I'm hoping to do that when the coronavirus thing clears. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, got a great, we got a great place here. We downsize, you know, um, just uh, trying to do the right thing while we still can and, you know, pay off a bunch of stuff while the kids are still really little. And uh, um, so we downsize to – I say downsize. I mean, it's still, you know, it's still 2,200 square feet, townhome. We got a huge back deck, a nice little yard for the kids to play in, this balcony that I'm sitting on. So – how weird is it that you downsized just before this crazy epidemic? Oh man, I'm telling you, like it's, it's, uh, I was actually just thinking about that yesterday, how, you know, the other house that we were in had a few more places to escape. Like if you needed some alone time, you know, just to, to be quiet, like if I wanted to do this or, you know, read a book or, uh, I'm actually trying to learn to play the guitar during the quarantine and, uh, you know, the old house would have allowed you to do that in, in a lot more spaces. And this one, there's not too many places to escape to. There's no bonus room or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, uh, we have been able to, you know, stockpile a little bit more. And, and you know, because we, we aren't spending as much in mortgage and utilities and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people wish they had done before this. Um, the crazy part is like when I run into people at work who say, Oh yeah, I was just building a house. Now what? I'm like, Oh my geez. gosh. I know right when quarantine started, right when they started first issuing the stay at homes, uh, I have a few friends who were in the process of, of closing on houses. Yeah. Um, luckily they were still able to go through with that. Otherwise, I mean, like they would have been homeless. So, yeah. um, really, really crazy, but very fortunate to be in a situation that we're in, um, you know, and, and to be blessed to, to have a place to be at and, um, you know, so, but, uh, Hey, well, so, uh, big day for you. Happy anniversary. Yeah. 15th anniversary. That's incredible. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's, uh, I was kind of curious if she wanted to do one later today to kind of talk about it, but at the same time, she's probably like, no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to, just want to hang out. Let's <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it sort of cannibalizes your life after a while. If you just create content all the time, it's like, I, can we just not, you know, right, I, right, I totally right. get that, you know, but it's convenient. The fact that, you know, yesterday I did two while she was at work, she had to go into the office, which is rare. Um, but it'd be on a Friday. They needed her in there so that they could let some of the hourly people go home. And she was able to do some work from there. Um, that allowed me to, to, you know, have two podcasts with Ron White and with uh, Josh Treadaway back to back. And then uh, she's at the gym now. Uh, actually, not the gym. She's going over to a friend's house, and they're going to do the Facebook Live thing with an instructor. Right, yeah. I've seen a lot of people doing that. Yeah. So one of them's got a, a smart TV on their back patio. And oh, so nice. they're going to go work out on the back patio and, and, you know, social distancing and all that fun stuff. But, you know, be able to work out kind of together. And they, they need that motivation. Everybody needs that motivation at some point, you know. Yeah. Um, just to have an excuse to, Hey, get out of bed and, and let's go do something. And she made a comment yesterday. Um, after going to work, she ran by the store and then brought us something home for dinner. We've been trying to, to like order something locally every Friday yeah. to yeah. at least support business one day a week. I mean, that's, 
<clears throat> that's about what we normally uh, do on an average, even when it's not quarantine time. But I was like, let's keep feeding some money into the economy in the local area and, and keep people working. And everybody talks about, you know, the local business owners and all that. But you've also got, you know, your regular chain stuff that has local people working in it that still need to work. And, you know, so we went to Five Guys and got dinner last night, which is, you know, kind of a chain. But also there's local people working there. So, right. Yeah, we actually had the, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're doing a whole, you know, a lot of cooking and stuff at home. Um, but at the same time, we are, like you said, we're trying to go out and get curbside pickup or door dash delivery or whatever you may do. Uh, we're doing that like once a week. Um, and, you know, we actually had that discussion, like, should we order from a private local business or, you know, do we order from a chain because those are local people working there? And so we've kind of found a healthy balance. Uh, most of our favorite restaurants are local anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, so we, but we do, we do have a fine balance, you know, like, uh, like Scarlett, she doesn't. She doesn't like normal food, so we support McDonald's by getting their French fries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the rest of us like normal food, so we uh, we also get food from local businesses as well. Yeah, um, I'm nervous about places like Disney and you know the cruise industry and stuff like that. These big places that normally have a lot of people in them, you know, concert events, sporting events what's going to be their move forward. I, I'm really unsure about how that's going to look in the future, but you know, for the longest time it was all about crowding people in as tightly as possible, you know? Yeah. And yeah. So I'm I curious mean, you, what's I mean, going to happen. You, you see how it's like some of these um, industries have shifted to fit more people. Um, uh, uh, airplanes are a prime example. I mean, yeah. when I first started flying back when, you know, you were in California uh, I can remember being able to stretch my legs just fine. And now whenever I fly out of California, I mean, I'm stuffed in there like a sardine. Um, I mean, they have increased, you know, the seats on planes by 30% or something like that. It's crazy. So, you know, how, you're, you're right. How does that look going forward? And the limit people, I, you know, I was talking to mom yesterday and um, what worries me the most about all this stuff is that while I do understand that people need to get back to work, especially people that own private businesses and, and they, they need a way to make money, it, I just worry that we're going to, our government is going to feel pressure to open back up too soon. Um, you know, it, the, there's not a switch. You can't just say, all right, you know, snap the fingers and everything's back to normal. There's got to be a progression, I think. And uh, I don't know what that looks like. Um, but, you know, I, I read a report this morning from the BBC that, um, you know, there was a big city in, uh, you know, on the other side of the world that tried to reopen too soon. And, like within a day, they saw 138 new cases. Yeah. So, you know, it's worrisome, but we do have to, there's got to be, we do have to figure something out for sure. Um, yeah. And of course, know. it also, you know, with the idea that it can, it can live on surfaces and then be passed on way after the fact, it kind of makes me wonder what are the cleaning measures going to be of everything that we interact with, whether it's door handles or kiosks or anything like that. I mean, Disney for a long time, when you go up to, to check in at Disney World, they have a thing where you use your fingerprint. You put your finger on a little yeah. thing. Are they going to yeah. clean that every time you go through? Or are they going to have to get rid of that fingerprint thing? I mean, that, that fingerprint thing was actually a very secure way of tying your wristband onto your fingerprint onto your card so that all you have to do is you can pay for things using your wristband all throughout and you can unlock your doors and everything else. And it was very secure. Without the fingerprint thing, it's like, all right, I guess if you've got this band on, maybe it'll work. I mean, right. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I, I, I think you're right. We're going to go, we're going to see a lot of people going back to, you know, like what Disney used to use the key card and you would swipe it. And I, I know that's a lot easier to forge, but like you said, I mean, if, 
a million or, you know, 10,000 people are putting their fingerprint on something every day. Well, and uh, what are rides going to be like? Are they going to have to right. wipe down every time somebody gets off a ride and they're going to touch every surface? I mean, right. Which is really lines even longer. And yeah, I mean, yeah. or are they going to develop some kind of, you know, sanitization process where it's automated? And if so, they have to put all the rides down in order to implement that something like that. Right. And then, you know, uh, I'm starting to see some things where people are suggesting, well, we'll start, we'll start taking temperature at the door. Well, you can be asymptomatic for two to three weeks, so temperature doesn't matter. I mean, you might walk in and feel fine, but you may be carrying something. You're uh, basically Oprah Winfrey going, you get a disease, you get a disease, everybody gets a disease. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, well, you know, and that, that is the idea of, you know, then you go, okay, well, obviously the answer is a vaccine, but then – like you, you got to wait for a vaccine to be implemented and created, and, and so you have to battle anti-vaccination stuff and all that. Yeah, you know. I mean, maybe it'll all be different once we have a vaccine. Maybe once we're vaccinated, it'll be like, all right, that's just another thing we have to get now. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you take smallpox as an example. I mean, it, it eradicated the world, and we got a vaccine, and it eradicated smallpox, and you know, now that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, well. It wasn't <laughs> until the anti-vaxxers decided, Oh no, it's making my kid stupid. <laughs> no, you're stupid. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's, it, I watched the thing the other day on polio, how polio is making a comeback. And I'm like, wait, polio is coming back. Yeah, it was I mean, gone completely. Yeah, gone. I had heard about polio in school, you know, vaguely, but I was like, well, what is polio? And then this show went in depth about what polio was. I was like, Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> that is a terrifying disease to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But, you know, but uh, one thing um, that I discussed with a buddy the other day that I, I really hope kind of comes out of this whole quarantine thing is I hope that, you know, companies and businesses and, and you know, um, superiors and stuff like that. I hope now that we've been at home, they, when, when things do go back to a new normal or whatever that normal looks like, that we do start to value the idea of family a little more, you know, a um, couple of CEOs and, and, uh, and big business owners have been saying that they're seeing the same level of production from their workers working from home. And, uh, you know, we went from, I kind of joked around, we went from being quarantined in an office you know, having to be in a cubicle from nine to five every day to now being quarantined at home and we're still getting the same amount of work done. Uh, production levels are still happening. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that when all this kind of levels out that maybe we'll, we'll start to see the value of being able to spend time with your family. Um, Cause I think about some friends that work in like big metropolitan areas like Atlanta and Charlotte and live on the outskirts. I mean, even if they get off at five or six o'clock with traffic, they're not getting home till seven thirty eight. And, uh, you know, they're not having any time to spend with their families. So hopefully, you know, maybe they'll be able to work something out where they'll be able to spend some more time at home with their, with their kids and spouses or significant others. Well, I like to look at every situation on two sides and go, what is the pros and cons? Right. And so right away, the cynical side of me goes, well, they're going to, as soon as it's out of sight, out of mind, go, all right, back to the grindstone, fools. You know, yep. business as usual, do the thing you were doing before. Here's a flaming hoop. Jump through it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you had a break. Now it's time to get, I mean, that's kind of the attitude. You had a break. Now it's time to get to it. It's like, what a break. Right. You know, yeah, it, kind of, it kind of seems like, you know, and I get, I'm, I'm totally with you on that way of thinking for as long as, as we can remember the almighty dollar has ruled everything. 
Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I, I do feel there's going to be some people that come out of this like, all right, break's over, back to work. Yeah, and that was one of the things you and I talked about, you know, when, when you were going into coaching, you know, that was a, a thing that was hard to wrap our heads around, mom and, and, and me also. Um, you know, she started talking about, well, why isn't he doing this? Why is he doing that? I said, it's a different job. It's a different, like, there's different parameters to what the job is. It's not like you can go punch in a clock early and put an extra time and that's how you make your living. It's not done that way. Right. And she was like, yeah, but I just don't understand. I said, exactly. Because we've had a job where you punch a clock and you, I said, it, his job isn't like that. It, it's a totally different job. I said, but isn't that what you wanted? You wanted him to chase his dream and he has a dream and he's following it. And she's like, yeah. And I go, okay, well, suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it was, it was kind of hard to, it's funny you say that it was hard to, to get some people to understand, um, you know, that I may not work on, you know, a Friday afternoon, but I may work eight to eight Saturday. Um, you know, or during the summertime, I may, I may not coach, you know, after school, April and May, but I'm up there for six hours, June and July when we don't have school. Yeah. So it's like you said, it's just a different kind of hours. Like, you know, I'm, I'm still putting in 60 hours a week. They're just different than nine to five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that was her thing with me as well with my job, you know, I'd get home at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon and she's like, Oh, early day. I'm like, yeah. Cause I got up at 2am. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I've, I've been up for 13 hours. This is not, yeah, I'm about to go to bed soon. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I get home at three o'clock so that I can eat dinner at four and be in bed by six 30. Well, you know, you talk about the fact that you know, this is my 15th anniversary with my wife. And that was one of the things that she and I had to discuss whenever, you know, this job was set up that way as I was like, I had to like draw a, a clock on a piece of paper and go, you get up at this time. I get up at this time. <laughs> so our hours are like this. And she was like, Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. I said, it's not, I'm not trying to be insensitive. It's like, I got to go to bed now. So it's like, I'm pulling a parachute going, good night. Right. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it was very hard to wrap our heads around uh, your work schedule to try and understand when you had time off. And I tried not to bother you. I just text you and be like, Hey, you good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. During, I know you're uh, busy because you got basketball and right. uh, volleyball. Uh, whenever you're not busy, call me or text me. <laughs> during uh, during basketball season, you know, mom always, you know, hey, I miss you. And I'm like, well, I miss you too. And she's like, well, could we maybe, you know, work out something this weekend? I was like, well, I have a game Friday night that I won't be home till about 1030. And then I have practice two o'clock on Sunday. So if you want to try to get together Saturday, that'd be great. <laughs> I have an hour. I can slot you in. That's right. Yeah. Basketball season's always been a crazy time, you know, cause, uh, cause my staff, they work really hard and the kids, well, they work really hard and they're really dedicated to trying to get better every day. Um, and that means time, you know, you can't just get better by showing up for an hour. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of time and preparation and a lot of meeting time with coaches and, um, you know, but, but we also, we, we, I'm, I learned very early on in coaching. Uh, one of the best things I ever heard was when there's work to be done, do it. And when there's not be with your family. Yeah. And so we, we send our guys home and we, we promote a huge family atmosphere around uh, the arena. Um, you know, my kids are always there. Uh, my assistant, my assistant, my other assistant coach that has kids, his kids are always there. You know, we invite little brothers and sisters to come to practice and hang out. You know, we want people to feel like if they're coming to practice, it's not, it's not work. You know, like they can, they can come in, they can, their babysitting their little brother. He can come and hang out on the side of the court and watch practice, you know? Yeah. Um, that's always been important to us. So, well, and that's one of the things, you know, I don't know if 
I don't know if mom's ever said it, but that's one of the things that I got whenever I would recognize that she got an achievement. In a way, I thought of it as, well, this is sort of an achievement for all of us because we all kind of had a part in taking burdens off of her to do other things. And in a way, family is supposed to be like that. So, you know, here at the house, whenever I got an achievement or whatever at work, I made a point to tell the boys, I said, look at the award that we got. And, and they're like, you got the award. I said, no, it, it took all of us for me to be able to do this because everything plays a part. Everything, whether it's every, taking every, out the trash or making bit, dinner yeah. or doing homework or doing what you're supposed to do when, you know, the right time, you know, you got to take the step back and go, I couldn't do this if all these other steps didn't happen along the way. And, you know, especially being a coach and a teacher, you know, you're, you're busy a lot of times where it's like, I don't have time to run the kids around like I wish I could. And, and, you know, this is the thing I got to do to make the money. So we all get to eat and live under this house. And, <laughs> you know, I'll catch up with you as soon as I can, but right now I got to go do this thing, you know? Yeah. It was, uh, that was another, actually, that was actually another big, um, financially obviously, but another big push to, to move out of the house we were in is it, it had a huge yard and that yard took me two and a half, three hours to take care of on a Saturday. Yeah. And like my only day with the kids, um, the yard I have now takes me, you know, maybe 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, that was just, I, I felt like that was time wasted. Yeah. I, I could be inside or, or going to the park or whatever, hanging out with my kids. And instead I was out there on a lawnmower and pulling weeds and <laughs> doing two and a half hours worth of yard work when I had been at work all, you know, all week. So yeah, it's nice having property, but like you said, it's, then you, it's time. You got to exchange time for the care. And if you want it to look like you wanted to look, you got to stay out there and it's, it's an exchange. So, right. Right. You know, um, I think my yard takes me around an hour. If, yeah. if I hurry it, I can be done in like 35 minutes or so just driving the lawnmower around and not weed eating. But if I weed eat, I mean, when it's bad, it could take me another hour. Just depends on, on what's going on. Hey, I bought a, um, a <coughs> battery powered weed eater. Same. I did too. I'm actually, I'm actually digging it. The only thing I don't dig is the, the reel, uh, when it run out of string, yeah. I had replacement string, but the replacement string I had is a little too thick for it. So uh, okay. I have to, I had to like take a drill and modify it so it would fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to, have to sometimes manually pull it out to get it to come out. I'm like, come on, you know? Yeah. Um, my, so for years, even when I did landscaping, I always thought that I would have a two stroke or, you know, uh, a gas powered weed eater. And I had a Husqvarna forever and I love that thing. It was incredible. Um, when I moved and needed to buy a new one, I bought the same thing. Um, but, uh, that one finally croaked out on me after my, I don't know, three years. And, uh, so when I was up at Lowe's and I'm kind of looking around at buying a new one, I just immediately went to go grab another Husqvarna, but then I saw the cobalt battery powered and I was like, Ooh, so I did some, some research and some reviews and, uh, I, I've been, I've had that thing now for almost a year and a half and I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, I did break the shield on it the other day by accident. So that kind of sucks. So now stuff just like whips back and hits me in the ankle. So yeah, that's called a uh, uh, fun pepper. Like, yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, every now and then, like when I'm out near the driveway, you know, Michelle will see me doing a little dance cause I'm getting whipped by little pebbles. Yeah, the other day I was doing it in my flip-flops, and Doris was like, don't you want to put on shoes? I go, no, this makes me feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> Too late now, I'm in the weeds. Yeah, I've already got the abrasions. I'm going to suck it up now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, uh, and the battery power lasts uh, a, a good while, especially in the yep. yard I have now. I mean, I can get two or three cuts out of one battery life before I have yep. to recharge it. And it usually charges up in the time that it takes me to, to mow the grass, so. Yeah, mine started with the um, with just the blower because I wanted, like, I wanted something I could take out on the back porch and blow the back porch off. 
but I didn't want to have to do a cord every time. The cord was, you know, I had one with corded and just, yeah, it was always in the way. It was always a pain in the neck. What? Oh, running out of time. We've removed the 40 minute limit. Oh, good. I got a thing that says this meeting has been upgraded by the host and now includes unlimited minutes. Um, I don't know. It just said we gifted you unlimited time. And I'm like, nice. Okay. Cool. Which I'm Thanks, only Zoom. at 20 minutes. I don't know why I would do that. For those who are listening right now, we just got a weird prompt on the Zoom. We're using Zoom to do this. Um, I don't know why it would prompt me for that information at, at 20 minutes in. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, the blower was cool. And then I, I watched my neighbor, Paul, with his cordless, you know, battery powered weed eater. And I was, I was like, so how does that, is it, does it work? I mean, does it last? And he's like, oh yeah, it's great. And he was showing me all about it. And I was like, okay, I need to, like I had one that was corded for, you know, just weed eating around. But again, you keep having to replug it in and replug it in, replug it in, replug it in. And then if you need to change the string or something like that, you got to unplug it and take it around. Right. Plug it back up. And it's like, God, what a pain in the neck. And then you're, you're doing a line and then the, the wire's in the way and you keep having to move the wire. And again, I had gone with that just because it, to me, it was a overall more economical way of doing it rather than the gas powered ones. Cause the gas powered ones were just crapping out on me all the time. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm, happy I'm curious with the to see. Oh, I'm, I'm very happy with the, with the battery. Uh, I'm I also got a, um, a hedge trimmer that's cordless too. Oh, is it battery, like battery powered? Same battery. What brand are you using? Uh, Ryobi. Probably nice. Yeah. It's just yeah. the Home Depot version of the Cobalt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's decent, though, because, um, you know, trimming the hedges, whenever I'm doing that with the cord, the cord's always in the way. I'm always yeah. at, at risk of cutting the cord, which I've I know. I've always been afraid of, like, you know, trimming the cord and sparking something in half. Well, it, I've done that before, and it, it shuts off immediately. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going away, and all of a sudden, you're like, what happened? I bet. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I got the, the cordless on that as well. And I'm going to be using it soon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it so far. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it took me this long to jump on board as, as much of the fan of tech, the, the battery power technology as I am, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I thought it wouldn't be as powerful when I first got it, but I, I, I mean, I have no issues with it. Like it's, yeah. it's uh, I don't see any difference in my ability to trim grass. Yeah. So, Yeah. So fun fact, um, I've been off work since I worked uh, Monday and Tuesday and mm. I've been off since and I've been sleeping in every day till about mm, six or seven this morning. I got at four. Ooh, yeah. I, I, was up at, I was, I was up at five this morning. I think it was the rain. I, it, I don't know that it rained here, but I, I woke up at four and I was like, I was like, well, maybe I'll get up and just pee and lay back down. No, I laid back down and my brain was like, you know, we could just get up. I'm like, <sighs> fine. Fine. I will say getting up that early, because um, I mean, like, I've never been able to sleep in, you know, sleeping in for me is 730, 8 o'clock. Um, but getting up that early when the house is still quiet, everybody's still asleep, I get to watch things um, yeah. like movies that I want to see that otherwise I couldn't if the kids are around. Yeah. Um, so, like, I've been going back through and trying to rewatch The Sopranos because uh, I had never seen that all the way through. And, uh, you know, g- gangster shows and gangster movies aren't really, aren't really great for three and six year olds. So Not really kid friendly. No, no, no. Of course, um, you know, what's the cutoff? At six, you know, so they can start learning when not to run special errands for the guy on right. the corner. I was thinking like eight. Mm. Yeah. Um, but like this morning, uh, I'm, I actually uh, stopped it in the middle, but I'm watching um, Anna uh, about some Russian assassin who worked 
for the KGB in 1990. It's a it's a pretty cool movie. And uh, when you said Anna, my my brain automatically automatically went to the uh, Anna Green Gables remake. Oh, <laughs> I think that's Anne. A N E. Yeah, I think that's Anne. Yeah. 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 Um, but we've watched some pretty cool stuff over the last couple of weeks. We watched uh, Rocket Man yesterday, the Elton John story. That was really great. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And then the two days before that, we watched yesterday. And that's the movie about the British singer who has an accident and he wakes up and nobody in the world remembers that the Beatles, the Beatles. ever existed. Yeah. Uh, and they start he playing all their music. Right. And that, that's, that's another incredible movie. Yeah. Um, the music, uh, you know, the story's pretty good, but the music is just fantastic. So... You know, that's been really cool. So being able to actually sit down and watch some movies because, uh, you know, my kids at school, they're like, hey, coach, did you see this movie? I'm like, no, no, I was here. Joe What's that practice. one called again? Uh, Yesterday. Yesterday. I got to look it up. Yesterday and Rocket Man. So if you have Apple TV, uh, HBO and Epics are offering like free trials right now. Uh, so I watched Rocket Man on epics i think through apple tv we don't have epics but we do have apple tv we got it free for a year when we bought our apple tv um and then uh, i think we watched yesterday on hbo maybe and that was another free like they're doing like a they're offering a free section of things that you can watch that they're not offering you to that you don't have to be a member to watch so i think that was on there so it's not their full library just a like the so, yeah, it's just, yeah it's, it's just like uh like a few of their shows and then there's a few movies on there that they're offering like PG, yeah. PG 13 stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, we've been watching a lot of Andy Griffith. Nice. I mean, it's been our go-to every evening and it's, it's, it's very nice in the fact that you know that every show it's, everything's going to work out. So right. like if you're getting ready to go to bed and you're watching a show where everything works out at the end, you're like, Hey, life isn't so bad. This is all right. It's like a, it's like a warm blanket. You're like, Oh, yeah. this is yeah. great. That is nice. Uh, of course we're, um, you know, Dolores has started at the very beginning, episode one, and every season has like 30 or more episodes. Oh, my goodness. And she's like, geez, was this on every night? And I was like, I don't think so. I think it was once a week, but I don't, I don't know, maybe. But um, we got several seasons into it, and by 1968, they're in color. And it's like, they're in color now. Ooh. Whoa. And it's like, that's cool. Has that carpet always been blue? <laughs> <laughs> it always looked gray to me. <laughs> I didn't know the jail was green. The inside of the jail is green. <laughs> what do you mean he's wearing a beige shirt? Yeah. And then you see uh, Luann who's dating Barney Fife and, and she's got red hair. And you're like, has she always had red hair? No way. You know, <laughs> get, out, get out of town. Yeah. No, of course, no. uh, you know, Barney leaves the show after like five seasons or four seasons, whatever it is. And uh, before they go to color, he, he left the show and Dolores did some research online. And she found out that it was because Andy originally had only agreed to so many years of doing it, so many seasons. And so the, so the contract was up with all of them. And Barney was like, well, I need work. Don Knotts, I need work. So he signed a five picture deal with Universal Studios. And so he went off to make movies. And, um, you know, while he was making movies, Andy decided, well, you know what, let's, let's bring the show back. I guess they came up with a pile of money and said, listen, we got a hit show. What it would it take to bring you back? You know, let's keep doing it. Yeah. So, um, he does come back as a guest star in several episodes and Dolores read that he won five Emmys for the show. And three oh, wow. of them were after he left the show as guest host. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. That is, that is. And then Andy Griffith goes on to do Matlock. 
yeah. from being a sheriff to being a lawyer. Which is interesting because you can oh, see phases you. of that as as it goes along. He starts having more conversations where the camera focuses on him, and it reminds me of seeing him as Matlock. Yeah, kind of conversations with people where he's like, you know, you know, and he's yeah. real in depth conversation kind of thing, and he's doing more stuff with his eyes with with the camera. And I kept telling telling Dolores in the beginning, I was like, God, he looks a lot like Ronald Reagan, like as an actor. They yeah, I could similar. see that. Their hairstyle was similar. They were both real tall men, dark hair lanky yeah. you know i could see that yeah hmm. but i haven't like scrolling through stuff lately i haven't found anything that i want to watch i've i um i had caught up to the animated star wars clone wars at like season seven episode six or seven yeah, i think i'm i think i may be one behind on that now on the new yeah season. i've thought about just waiting until this whole thing like ends all, because yeah I enjoyed binge watching it where one plot or the story would just continue. Right. And you wouldn't have to remember what happened last week. You just keep watching it all the way through. Um, I mean, I know they're still coming out with them because they send me little updates. Hey, the new episode. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to wait, you know? Yeah. What do you think about, uh, they said that Rosario Rosario Dawson is going to play the, the Padawan, the, uh, so Katano, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Ahsoka she's my. Tano. We talked last time about her being my favorite Force user, and uh, and I think that that's a that's a really good move. I mean, I, she has a very similar look, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm curious to see though, like how they're going to age her because at the point in the Mandalorian, she'd be pretty old. But uh, again, yeah. I don't know like how old her race goes, like her 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 alien race goes. Um, so she may still be, you know, fairly young because uh, Rosario Dawson's fairly young. Well, yeah. with the introduction of the dark saber in the Mandalorian, right? I mean, you got to think that she's at some point got a battle with this guy. At some point, they're going to have to introduce lightsabers again. Yeah. Um, you know, which she's well known for dual sabers that are white. And uh, uh, I will be curious to see though, because they, they've made this show very um, realistic as far as like movements of people. You know, um, they're not like doing all kind of Yoda flips all over the place. Yeah, uh, but that was really her. Yeah, but that's really her fighting style is very similar to that. So I'm yeah. curious to see how they'll how they'll transition to that. Um, you know, will they keep it more like the gunslinger western that the first two seasons or the first season was, or will they? You know, I don't. I'm curious to see how they'll do that. So, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, you know, it's there's going to be more storyline that comes out about what happened after the Empire fell obviously i mean we're going to learn more about how the dark saber ended up in this dude's hands you know it kind of makes me wonder is the path going to be that the dark saber is one day going to be wielded by the child right will he be a quote-unquote you know mandalorian slash mm-hmm. lightsaber wielder yoda type character the one thing that i'm curious about with this new Clone Wars season because now they've started to, and I don't want to give away too much, but I, you know, they, they've picked back up on Ahsoka Tano's story. Um, and I'm curious to see if at some point, since they are going to bring her, they've already said they're going to bring her into the Mandalorian show. I'm curious to see if they'll somehow connect the dots, you know, if her time in the Clone Wars is to, to kind of transition her, like, you know, this is where she meets up with, a Mandalorian race or, you know, whatever it is, I'm curious to see if they'll connect those two dots um, so that it makes more sense that she shows up in the Mandalorian show. Yeah. Well, and I, I hope there's more discussion about why the dark saber is a big deal. 
Yeah, it's a real big mystery. There's a lot of that in the expanded universe. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want them to, to signify like how that's important in, in this canon universe and, and why, like you said, why, why does this guy have it? He, he's not a, you know, he's an imperial, you know, well, what's the significance? What's the significance of it having a void like color? You know, it's mm. a lack of color. It's not a color. It's not, it's not black. It is a yeah, lack it's just, of color. Right. It's, it's the, it's the lack of light. You know, and supposedly, you know, the symbolism of the color is supposed to be if, you know, it's the red, obviously you're evil. And if it's the lighter colors, you're, you're good. But if it's the whitish, then you're sort of neutral. Right. What is the dark? Is it the symbolism of I'm just out for me? Is that the Mandalorian way of, you know, this is the way? (laughs) Yeah. You know. That's a, that's a a great saying, by the way. Uh, They nailed that. Yeah. I mean, you figure this whole season, <clears throat> the special effects were needed for the child, obviously, mm-hmm. and for some of the animals. But a lot of it, like you said, is just real actors in disguise or, you know, playing in parts costume, or whatever. Just moving around, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that part of it's really cool. Um, I like the fact that they haven't made us suffer and read a lot of dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of theories that we watch nowadays that – there's all kind of, you know, subtext and, and you got to be like, oh, crap, let me get my reading glasses. <laughs> I know. What, 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 what do they mean there? Jeez. Can't y'all just, you know, fake like you're switching over to some voice thing and now I can hear what you're saying? Because <laughs> yeah. after after uh, several seasons of watching Narcos and reading oh, yeah. Spanish, I was just like, you know, page after page after page of, you know, you're just like, Oh, I'm cross-eyed, man. I got to have a break. <laughs> I know. I can, I can always tell when I'm going to enjoy not having to read subtitles. Like this morning with this movie, Anna, um, you know, a lot of the movie takes place in Russia, but every scene when somebody starts to speak a new language, like the, the person initiating the conversation, you know, they always go, am I to understand that you speak English? And they're like, yes. I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I can keep this up for another hour. I don't have to read subtitles for an hour. Yeah. Well, it, our, I watched a show called Hannah. It had a, had a young girl in it, like really young. I've heard about this show, but I've, I've never watched it. And it's, it's a similar idea. She's like an orphan that's trained her whole life to be an assassin. That's pretty good. I think that's on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, but there's, there's several of those movies that are based on that idea. Right, a yeah. Female assassin that's trained, you know, in Russia, and then she's unleashed on the world kind of deal. Right, yep. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's all based on the the Finn Nikita story. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but outside of that, I mean, I you know, I haven't really been watching a whole lot of new shows. Like I, I um, yeah, I finished Ozark season three, which was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I was not I, expecting that ending. I was not either. Um, in course, fact, I actually every, saw it going every, the other season, way. every single season is that way. Every season yeah. ends, you go, oh, I wasn't seeing that coming. <laughs> you know, uh, when the show first started, I, I wasn't super excited about it because, like, I love Jason Bateman, but I love him as a comedian. Like, he's funny. Right. He's, he's a funny actor. Um, just his quirks and his antics, uh, you know. But after two episodes into that thing, I was like, he's incredible. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's done an incredible job. Well, then you um, find out that he's not only a creator, a writer, a director, producer and actor on the show. You're like, yeah, exactly. Oh, he's just like playing. He's, he's like in Vegas. He's like, I'm all in baby. Just yep, yep. here's the chips. Let's go. Yeah. We're, if we're going to do this, let's do it. We're doing it my way though. I'm like, okay. Um, but outside of that, you know, like I said, little by little by little that I can, I've been going back through the Sopranos. Um, just trying to, you know, I was a fan of that show early on, but I never finished it. Um, 
and then like our dinner time show that we all watch together is Blue Bloods because um, we're all big Tom Selleck fans. Oh. And, uh, and Donnie Warren. That's our mindless television. That's our Andy Griffith. Oh. <laughs> it's Blue Bloods. Well, they always solve um, it, you know. Right, right, right. And uh, and that's another one of those, though. Like I'm, you know, like you said, there's like, what, however many seasons of Andy Griffin, there's like 30 episodes per season. It's the same way with Blue Bloods. I thought we we had gone through it for like a year, and I'm like, oh, we got to be doing pretty good. And we were like halfway through season two. Yeah. I mean, each season is like 30 episodes long. So Yeah, I wanted uh, to see that um, – there's a show, um, is it Superstition? Super, Supernatural. Supernatural's got like 15 seasons, and every season is like 20 or more episodes. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> and they're an hour, hour and a half. You're like, what? <laughs> um, Michelle told me she has been watching a show that she's in love with, and it's, uh, it's one of those, I think it's a network show, and it's only like halfway. It's it's in its first season, and they did like a like a half season um, to take, and then they took a break, and then they're going to do another half. Like a uh, ranch. What's that? Kind of like the ranch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, except this one, I want to say this is an hour long show, um, but it was. Is it Edith's extraordinary playlist or Naomi's extraordinary playlist? Something like that. Anyway, this girl she has an accident, but every now and then she'll walk into a a room or something like that. And she hears people's innermost feelings through song. Um, Like when I happened to walk in to an episode the other day, she was, this guy was feeling a lot of pain. And uh, I guess like when she paused at the doorway, he is singing this rendition of mad world. um, And it's beautiful. And the guy's like doing this incredible song, but that's how she perceives inner thoughts. Now it's, it's kind of out there, but uh, it's a neat concept and, and the music is really good. So yeah, that'd be where I pull the parachute and go. I'm out. <laughs> I watched Grey's Anatomy until they had a musical episode. Once they had the oh. musical episode, I was like, I can't do uh, this anymore. I've never been a big fan of Grey's Anatomy. What, what was? I do, what was I do like New Amsterdam though. That's a good one. I mean, well, what was the idea of these shows? That it, it's sort of like the um, it's the moment to to me like Happy Days where they decide to jump the shark. I think yeah. with uh, I think with some of these shows like with this one, it's kind of like bringing. Uh, musical theater to television. Yeah, I, mean, I get the fact that there's talented yeah. singers and actors out there, but you know, and they, you can't have high school musical with thirty year olds. But right, you know, well, that would be the big thing. I guess that's their that's their hope is that oh, someone will hear this and they'll have a music career after this. Maybe, yeah, and and you know, oh well, we couldn't get them on stage, but we can put them in front of a camera. Yeah. So, well, be. I mean, there there is a lot of talented people out there, you know, but. Uh, I don't know. After um, after the Netflix and you know Hulu and Amazon streaming bonanza that has gone on, you sort of look at regular TV and go, "Why? Why are we still doing this?" I know. Why are we still following these rules of you know? Oh, we got five minutes worth of drama, and then we got to cut to commercial. We have live TV, and like we literally bought it just so that we could watch football and basketball so that we could have live sports. But now that's not going on. Like I never turn on Hulu live ever because there's no point. There's no point in watching anything. You know, I have watched some of these live concerts, but you can do that on YouTube. You don't have to have live television. So or on Facebook. um, Right. Yeah. Or Facebook. So, you know, we're, we're considering getting rid of it just because, you know, with no sports in the horizon, why why would I need live TV? Well, yeah, exactly. Why would you, why would you even need to bother? I mean, that's, that's pointless. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I've been asking a lot of people, you know, what have you been doing to keep yourself active and keep yourself sort of, you know, from going crazy with the quarantine. And some people have said they've, you know, like, like, like you're talking about watching live concerts or, you know, getting to watch a show or going outside a little bit with your kids. I mean, are you walking around the neighborhood? Or are you going to the store? Or? So uh, we do walk every day. Um, sometimes it's like if I go with the kids, it's just a short walk. You know, Caden's three, so he can't go very far. Um, but then I have a route that I do with David uh, throughout the neighborhood, and it's about a four-mile route. I try to do that every day. Uh, a lot of hills and stuff, obviously, being up here in the upstate. Um, we try to limit going to the store. Uh, if we do have to go, one of us goes. It's usually me. Um, and we are super overly cautious. And I think that's just because we have small children. So, uh, we do, we, I wear the mask. Um, when I get home, uh, Michelle meets me at the front door. She takes all the groceries. I leave my shoes outside. Um, I declothe and put my clothes in the washing machine. I go upstairs and immediately shower. Uh, And then I Lysol everything that was in the truck to try to just keep clean surfaces. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, because like right now we're not working this week because we're on, you know, spring break. Um, <laughs> so they told us to unplug. They told the kids to do the same. So we haven't been doing any schoolwork this week, but that'll pick back up on Monday. But I've also uh, been trying to learn to play the guitar um, because I have a great guitar and uh, I've been, you know, I've just been kind of neglecting it. Keep saying I don't have time. Well, now I got nothing but time. Yeah. So I read a thing the other day that said, you know, you should try to come out of this whole deal with a new skill. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something I've always wanted to learn to do. And I found a great instructor on YouTube that gives step-by-step lessons. He's been awesome. Um, you know, and, and his big thing, which is a, a, a thing that I tell my players, you know, his big thing, he was like, just pick up your guitar five minutes every day for two months. And after two months you hate it, then guitar is not for you. Yeah. He's like, but if you're picking it up for five minutes and then five minutes turns into 10 and then 20 and you find that you're loving it and then just keep going. That's the yeah, same with anything. That's, yeah. that's what Joe Rogan talks about with writing jokes. He's like, I sit down and I make myself write and I tell myself, just, just spend 10 minutes. Yep. And if I, if I spend 10 minutes with it, sometimes 10 minutes turns into an hour and I just make myself for 10 minutes, pull out the pen and paper and go, all right, what's in my head? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, the new Final Fantasy VII remake has taken up an inordinate amount of my time. So, um, yeah, that looks really cool. Um, it's incredible. I like the uh, you and I were talking about this last night, but I really like the way it's the cinematography looks gorgeous. It doesn't look like you're just watching a cutaway scene. It's it's beautiful the whole way through, um, and the ability to dodge attacks, you know, to move out of the way and stuff like that. Just the interaction of the the characters with their environment is really cool. Being um, able to control the fighting is, is uh, very unique. Being able to move around the battle scene as opposed to before when you were, you know, it was just a, basically a battle movie and you were just selecting what to fight. Yeah. Um, you know, now you're actually moving around the area and, and being able to, like you said, dodge attacks and, and block. And, you know, uh, it was very difficult to get used to at first because, you know, I've, the original game I've played through four or five times. And uh, so when I turned this one on and, you're actually clicking buttons to fight. I was like, Oh, well, this is different. <laughs> yeah. We, um, my little group of friends, we always, uh, remember Greg had done the, uh, Chakaboo races so many times cause he wanted a super Chakaboo. Yeah. And then when he got one, he just kept racing over and over again cause he enjoyed it so much. And he maxed out the time limit on it to 999 hours. 
it's right. a crazy number that accumulated. Right. If, if you've maxed out your time. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I don't you can do that. <laughs> the, the original game, I mean, like, it's, it's one of the greatest stories ever told in video games. Um, yeah. It's just that the graphics in the original game were horrendous. Yeah. So, but the gameplay was, was so new at, at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the fun was that you could keep replaying it different like you, you still enjoyed it because the the action was interesting the different attacks you could do was interesting and it was unlike anything else at the time yeah you know it was the game that sold playstation yep i mean i know originally it came out and they were trying to sell people on crash bandicoot but not everybody was on board with crash bandicoot because it i mean while it was beautiful, yeah i mean it, it looked great and the it was the first time you had a 3d environment where you could move in all directions kind of deal but you're basically running from a boulder that's going to crash into you. Right. It was like, Sonic the Hedgehog meets Indiana Jones. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this was more like uh, an introduction to Zelda, which was like, I guess, the first concept of an open sandbox design where you could go in this direction or you can go in that direction. What, what do you want to do? And then you yeah. interact with things in your environment, you know. And it was really the first of its kind. And, and then there was miniature games throughout that you could learn to play that, that would, could entertain you for hours, like the Chocobo yep. Race thing. I mean, it and wasn't I, essential I, that you do it, but you could do it and have a great time doing it. I was trying to explain it to David the other day, you know, he's because he asked me, he's like, well, why would you invest, you know, 50 hours in a game that you've already beaten? Because, I, you know, I told him that I've played the original, I've played it through four or five times. And I, I tried to explain to him that with the amount of people and characters that are playable in the game, you could play the game eight different times and never play it the same way. Yeah. You know, you could use like different that, weapons, but, different materia, and different combinations of, of party members. I mean, it was... When, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, um, there was a time where uh, I was going through my divorce and I moved back in the barracks. I had a PlayStation and a TV and I had that game. And I just played that game over and over again. And I would see how quickly I could be yeah. defeated. Yeah. I was like, what if I skip these steps? Can I skip these steps? And I was like amazed at the things I could skip Yeah, to see how quickly I could get it done. You know. But then, of course, it always turned to a thing towards the end, especially when you had that I forget what the what the attack was where it has the swords that fly around. Oh you, yeah. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And like, you know, know. especially in the Marine Corps, you you draw a crowd to you, and everybody's like, Oh, this is that dude, he's gonna do that thing, you know. So it became like a fun thing for the crowd to get into as well. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I played it, I must have played it for months. Oh I mean, yeah. That's the only thing I had to do. Well, and I've actually this is gonna sound so silly, but I've actually put it on every PlayStation system I've had since PlayStation one. So then I bought it for, uh, I bought the, you know, you were able to convert PlayStation one games to PlayStation two. So I played it on my PlayStation two and then I downloaded it for my PlayStation three. And then I did the same thing for my PS four. I mean, it's just, it's that game that, I mean, for 23 years, it's never gotten old. Like it's always been great. Um, now you were telling me that this game is going to be a lot longer than the first game. So not only is it a lot longer, but it's going to be released in like different parts. So the, uh, the game that I have now, and for those that have like played final fantasy seven, um, when this story ends, it's about everything I've read online. It's about 45 to 50 hours worth of gameplay, but it will, this particular remake, uh, part one will end when the group leaves Midgar which is like the, the initial city. So yeah. once you leave the initial city, then this game is going to end. Now, in the original game, which was a three-disc game, when you left Midgar, you were only about halfway through disc one. Um, so this game, they say, could be anywhere from you know three to four parts, and they're going to release them 
you know, and so they're hoping to release them like, you know, once every year, once every other year, something like that. I know they're already working on part two uh, with hopes of releasing it in 2021. I think I read a line the other day, um, but nobody knows how far that one's going to go. Yeah. So, um, so this one, you know, one of the big things that I liked about the original game is the open world map and being able to explore these new towns and stuff like that. Um, but you're not going to get to do that in, in this first part of the remake. Um, so, but, uh, but the, the, the gameplay is fantastic. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I remember like, you know, what was it? Um, I think it was a fighting game that came out. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like the first time that you could, like, if you, you normally, when you had a fighting game, you have two people on either side, more like, like Mortal Kombat, just, bah, bah, right. you know, right. And it was a fighting game. I forget the name of it, where you could actually move to the side if someone jumped at you. You were like, ah, oh, yeah, you, yeah. You know? the, the, now, now the camera started to turn it on, on an yeah. axis. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at the advancement of that over the years and how this game looks on TV, you know, I've been watching uh, Draven's on, um, on Twitch. Uh, his oh, handle yeah. is uh, A-V-A-K-I-T. I, I, and um, I'm watching him play this, and not only are you moving the camera around at all kinds of ways to to avoid attacks, but you can switch to other characters. So the, mm-hmm. you're looking at it this way, and then you can switch to this character, and it's like like it it matrix moves the camera, and you're like whoa, you know. And yeah. then, you're, then you're looking at it from this angle, it's like oh, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's neat the options that it's given you. And it sort of makes you wonder, like, the next step, if it's going to be the, the Oculus-type design where you're, you know, virtual reality in it, and you're running around in your living room trying to battle and stuff like that, and you might have to have, like, a like a room with nothing in it so you don't hurt yourself. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but, we're yeah, I mean, to, it's... We're going to get to a point where gamers, instead of buying chairs, are going to be buying houses with a blank room. Or, like, Ready Player One, where you have, like, an omnidirectional pad that you stand on. That movie is so great. I love Isn't that. Isn't it cool? That is such a cool movie. I kind of want to go back and watch it again. Yeah. yeah I've, I've watched it two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess it's you have to sort of grow up with a, with a joy for that kind of stuff in order to really get how cool it is. I mean, in a way, I mean, if you grew up in the 80s or whatever, you would enjoy a lot of the, the movie references. Um, but the gameplay, you know, mm-hmm. being involved in, in life is sort of interesting. But it also makes you wonder, you know, there is a theory that all of this is a simulation that we're living right now. Right. And it I makes you wonder. wonder. I mean, because they're getting closer and closer to making everything look so real. There's moments in our own life where we go, did I, did I just have a glitch? Is that, is that, is that deja vu? Is that? is that deja vu? Did that just happen or did I, am I replaying this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Kind of cool to think about. Yeah, I agree. Yep. But anywho. Well, I'm not gonna keep you, man. I know uh, you're uh, you got the day off and whatnot, and I'm kind of curious about our time. Hey, look, that's over 50 minutes. It's, hey, no, yeah, you're good. It didn't stop recording, so I guess that that little prompt that it gave us says everything's fine. Nice. Um, this is pretty cool. I like using Zoom. Uh, I haven't used Skype yet. I mean, we could do that next time if you want to play with that. I've done Skype um, before. This, this actually seemed to be a little bit more streamlined. So. Yeah. It looks great. I mean, uh, I guess your internet is very high because yours isn't glitching at all. Um, I mean, when I was on with Treadaway, his his was a little glitchy. Don't tell yeah. anybody, but mine says 5G, so. Mm. Are you growing <laughs> one of those extra horns out of your back? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's the that's the whole plot, you know. Oh, it's going to ruin us. It's going to cause a third it nipple caused, on our forehead. It, it caused a virus to happen. Yeah. 
Crazy. Dummies. Those are the same people that believe in the flat earth. Right. The anti-vaxxers. They know who they are. Sigh. <laughs> oh, when you're talking about coming to the door and like, like handing stuff off to Michelle, um, we had a thing at work where they were having to get rid of some food that was close dated. So they, they had frozen some fresh meats. Right. And they were like, you know, do you guys want a discounted price? We're just trying to get rid of the stuff or go out of date. So I offered it to mom and Dan and they were like, yeah, yeah. You know, we want to get some chicken and some this and that. And I was like, okay. So when I brought it by, they were both standing. It was weird. Cause you know, you know, how mom normally is. Yeah. She's standing way away and she's got a mask on like this. Yeah. And, and Dan's over here. He's got a mask on like this and they go, just put it down and we'll get it. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, she, okay. I mean, for, for especially, you know, because she, she says, I mean, we've talked about this, that it's pretty serious. Yeah. And uh, for her being immunocompromised, I mean, it is kind of a big deal. And plus, they're looking out for you with Dan being in the hospital every day. And Yeah, but, I mean, she's also going into the work. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's at Hope Health every Monday. Yeah. I'm like, why are you still there? You could tell them, hey, I'm immunocompromised. She goes, because right. I'm needed. I was like. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, I hate to be dark, but if she went that way, it'd be the perfect way for her because she'd be like, I died doing what I love. You well, know? When, she, when she told me, the first time she told me she was going, I just told her I was proud of her. You know, yeah. that's exactly, but that's exactly what she's lived for. So I lost the last uh, seven minutes of this conversation. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, this is about 53 minutes into the conversation. Uh, Alex has continued to go along with dialogue. We basically discussed how we were going to uh, look at some of the T-shirt designs and come up with some different ideas. And um, anyway, uh, go check out the website, storefrontier.com slash Stuff I Heard. Or check out the website, www.stuffiheard.com to find more information. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, cue the cow.